2: Audio Frontier. Welcome to Wrestling Daft The Marks, Hailing from Larbur, weighing in at 181 pounds. Still trying to shed a couple of those. Uh, I'm producer of Wrestling Daft John and I host this show. And with me a man who is so big that since the cancellation of the big show show, he's thinking about starting his very own show called The Bigger Show Show. It's Big Alex. Uh, d-
1: d- are you telling me that they've cancelled the Big Show show?
2: They have cancelled the Big Show show. I arm black armbands round all, all around, you know. How did I miss? How did I miss this? I mean, this was
1: obviously big news, and I've somehow missed the biggest news of the week.
2: Absolutely devastating.
1: Where else am I going to get my comedy kicks now on Netflix? Who knows?
2: <laughs> Who knows where you'll be able to find such comedy? Um, <laughs> So yeah, he's gonna be mo and moaning for the rest of the show after hearing that absolute bombshell. Uh now let's welcome opposite Alex, a man who's quicker to a wrestling story than Ruby Hardy Hardy is to a tweet.
0: It's sports kid Gary Cassidy. <laughs> <laughs> Aye, I'll take that, that's very topical this week, I'm sure oh, we'll get talk about that a wee bit later on. Now. Yes, I believe we, <laughs>
4: might,
2: we, we might get that, oh, Big Rebe loves her twi- tweet, doesn't she? God almighty. Ah, yeah. Can go, we, go, can go we first
1: of all establish what her name is? Because I always thought it was Rebe, like, short Reby. for Rebecca.
2: Is it Rebe? I think it's Rebe, I think
1: Rebecca's her full name, right. so I think it's short for Rebecca.
2: Because my friend had that as well, that's called, called Rebe, because my friend was called Rebecca, and she shortened it down to Reeb, Reeb's and Reebi, so
0: maybe it's Reebi. I it is Ruby, yeah. aye, oh, it definitely I, a short for Rebecca, Rebecca Victoria Hardy. Nah, you guys are right. I'm just talking shite. So yeah, anyway,
1: I was gonna say Rebby does sound a lot
2: better, right? <laughs> Reebi does sound better. Reebi does sound better. Anyway, let's carry on with the show. Um, so, uh, Gary, I just want to ask this question before we get on: Are you a WWE shell or are you an AEW mark?
0: We need a new term because I think I'm more favourable to Impact than the other two. So right. I think we need to... But people just write Half Impact. Um, but aye, it's, it's nice. It's the, the balance of life. If I'm getting called both of them, I must be doing all right. And the I, balance is in there somewhere. I did notice that was your kind of biting this week uh, <laughs> on the back hook. Uh, after people... Have been,
2: I would say, for me, I would say you're more WWE winning than
0: AEW And So I would go... I would say... I you're really pro- probably, I, I think... I. Uh, Overall, I think I'm more consistent in terms of covering WWE, but the impact stuff, when it comes, it's normally thick and fast. Like this week, it was just all AEW, nothing to do with WWE at yeah. all. So probably, right, I think um, mainly just because there's three WWE shows a week and one AEW show a week, it probably does balance it more on yeah. the side yeah. of WWE. But let's know right off impact. Impact shill here. That's, uh, impact that's show. Right, so, <laughs> so all the haters to
2: Gary on Twitter, he's an impact shill. Get it right <laughs> next time, okay? Um, let's start off with all. let's talk about, uh, get your AEW mark hat on, um, all out, Alex, you are a resident AEW expert on this show, thoughts?
1: Oh, I'm going to I'm gonna have to be a dick this week, I mean, normally I'm like licking up Cody and Tony Khan's yeah. asses, but oh, I've got a lot of gripes this week, and this isn't oh, just for all as well, so let, let's dig into it, let's get into this, right, so complaint number one way too fucking long, way Mm -hmm. too long, like five hours with the pre-show as well. I mean, as I mentioned to you guys, I unfortunately couldn't watch it live. So I kind of had like the ability to have a break when I watched it. So I watched the first three hours and the second two hours. Now I think come 3am over here, I don't think those last two hours I would have enjoyed nearly as much as I did having had a break, you know, and yeah, learn, like WWE have just recently learned to, Shorten their shows dramatically and have everything compact and way better for it. Like I would unfortunately say that SummerSlam is maybe a better show than all out if you as a whole show. But that's complaint number one. Complaint number two, everyone's favorite commentator, Jim Ross. Uh, 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 I, I mean, it just it just he likes to go back to 1992, doesn't he? And it's becoming all too frequent, so he needs to seriously sort that out and it was, it was probably as bad as Cornette's comment on NWA, if not potentially worse. His apology
0: so, was really bad as well, considering that it wasn't actually an apology. And I think he's since deleted the apology, but... Uh, was he,
1: there not like an emoji at the end of it? It uh, like
0: lighting up or something uh, like that. Uh, lighting up, I'm like, lighten- yeah, it's not an apology if you tell people to lighten up after you apology. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> the opposite, you're, you're just trying to get
1: out of dodge. Um, this is this is more of a small complaint that we had the Casino Battle royale, royale the Casino Battle Royale and we didn't have Jake the Snake smoking tabs and dealing cards, but that's just me. But I think the main thing for everyone is the Matt Hardy, Sammy Guevara situation. Yeah. Like when that match just kicked off, we were also hyped, the fact Sammy brought out that golf cart, you know, it was just all primed and ready to go. And then it was a blatant concussion and they stopped the match initially, and that was the right call. Restarting the match was a ridiculous call and restarting the match to allow Hardy to claim a bit of scaffolding while he looked pretty out of it just to let Sammy take the bump seems very, very irresponsible. Gary, you you
2: been very you've been very critical of this on Twitter from what I've seen. What did you make of it?
0: Aye, um, for me, again, I'm going to be careful not to assume um, the side of either Rebe Hardy or Tony Khan. For me, as soon as i seen it, I was like, oh, for a start, I was like, I'm, I'm not sure that's the most sensible way to start off a match like that anyway. Um, as soon as I seen the spot, I was like, this is a disaster waiting to happen. Obviously, the disaster did seem to happen. Uh, and I was just like, right, referees throwing up the X. I know sometimes that can be a work. It did not seem like a work in this, at this time. They no. put the camera away for Hardy, and it seemed like... For me, personal opinion, there is no way they could have done a proper concussion check in that time. We know if you're watching Scottish football, English football, if you get any hint of a concussion, you're off. That's it. Match is done. Um, you, don't, you know, seconds can be vital when it comes to a brain injury. Then I was on the post show afterwards. Tony can, you never, ever hear opening remarks on the, the post show when it is in the format it was in. He done remarks um, saying Matt Hardy was fine get took to hospital as a precaution, which I don't think is a thing. You don't take somebody to hospital as a precaution anyway. Um, but he said that he got took to hospital as a precaution. And then other reputable journalists, I didn't get a question by Tony Khan, unfortunately, but other reputable journalists were asking about it. He was obviously getting frustrated about it, but answered every question, to his credit. Um, but there's a big disconnect in what Rebbe Hardy's saying, what Tony Khan is saying, and what the naked eye seen. We are no doctors, but for me, it took me right out of it. And I felt really bad for Shida and Thunder Rosa because I didn't watch their match. I had to go back and watch afterwards, and the crowd were visibly very quiet or audibly very quiet during their match. I hated it. We'll see what Matt Hardy says on Wednesday, but for me, it was just a end the match at that spot. And whatever you do, don't have the guy that can't walk that's pulling down somebody's trunks when he's trying to like kind of roll him over. Also, he said a second time doing that, but when that happens, whatever you do, don't have him climb a massive structure which he could fall off of and do further damage. Call the match there. they would be upset about it. they would be, like, always meant to leave the company because how many times has somebody actually left a company after that stipulation? For yep. me, just terrible... Um, Badly handled I would say um, from from my opinion anyway I think it was poorly handled by AEW and hopefully it's something they learn from because it's not the first time Happened before with Britt Baker she took a kick to the back of the head for B Priestley exactly the same Oh not wasn't he? It was fight for the fallen last year I was gonna say the same pay-per-view, but that happened last year I think they need to reevaluate maybe not the concussion protocols, but how they're enforced
2: Yeah uh, I- I've got to say thanks very much to our listeners that joined me on the Patreon pay-per-view party, Sean, Paul, and
0: Stevie. It was a small crowd. Oh, but I was hoping it. Sean Paul was one person there and were joined <laughs> by <Paul>. the legend. <laughs> I
2: wonder if Sean Paul's a wrestling fan. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, it, it, was, it was, I would argue, and Alex, you might argue against that's probably the worst uh, AEW pay-per-view we've had so far.
1: I was having that exact same conversation with my friend this afternoon, and I said the same thing. I mean, you, you can't really count their initial kind of like Fight for the Fallen and um, fighter Fest ones so much, because they were kind of like small shows, just kind of warm up. But definitely of the big ones they've done, definitely. I mean, there was some really good positives out of it. Like, personally, I really enjoyed the women's match, like both women's matches. Like, yeah. as a cinematic match goes, the initial Britt Baker uh, Big Swole match was fantastic. And that dentistry just added such a sinister edge. And I'm sure that was the same for everyone because we all fucking hate the dentist.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And And for me, that was it was really bold to start off a pay-per-view where you've got a crowd in the building with that. But for me, the timing, it was perfect. Obviously, it moved to the main show. Tony Khan did say that he did move it to the main show because he was there watching it being filmed and thought it was brilliant. And I thought it was brilliant as well.
1: Yeah, fantastic! I loved everything about it, and Thunder Rosa versus Sheeta was excellent. The women on this card really delivered in a big way. Uh, that tag team match was everything. That the tag team uh, championship match was everything that it needed to be, and more. I'd say, like, I mean, it wasn't. It's a completely different match from how they did the Young Bucks versus uh, Kenny and Hangman, and that's what it had to be. It was a storytelling match about the characters, about. What's better, two of the best guys on the roster or an elite tag team? Like, And they told that story perfectly. And the ending was great. We got our Omega heel turn. We're all really happy about it. There's stuff moving forward with the Bucks. And that main event was was fantastic as well. The MJF now legitimately looks a star. He's really proven himself in the ring. And the finish was, again, just just perfect. And, and I don't want to say anything else negative, so I'm just not going to mention the Mimosa Mayhem.
0: Can I add one more negative thing as well? Uh, Right, and also the tag team match, I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it. But I think that overall, I loved most of the matches. I really liked that the main event, was absolutely incredible. But um, apart from on the buy-in, the Janela Serpentico match wasn't good. Um, I was thinking that would be a bit better. The tag team match on the buy-in...
1: Sorry, the biggest disappointment about that is I learned his name is Sir not Sir Sir
0: Pentacle. (laughs) (laughs) But but the tag team match on the buy-in for me was the match of the night. I absolutely loved it, Private Party versus um, Silver and uh, Reynolds. That was absolutely brilliant. But the one criticism I've got, why, oh, why is Derby Allen taking that bump? (sighs) Aye. That is a career short note, and that was my actual, like, Tony Khan had addressed the Matt Hardy question to death. There was a lot more you could ask, but no, a lot more you're going to get out of him. If I got a question with Tony Khan, I wanted to ask about Darby Allen because I love him. I love his reckless disregard for his own body, but that guy is shortening his career every time he steps in the ring yeah. because that bump was just horrendous and it didn't look like he was doing too good after it.
2: No, it didn't. It didn't. And Gary, you cut with John Moxley after the event. Um, and you asked him and um, well you had one question and one question only <laughs> and you asked him about the the guy the who ran and tried to tackle him at the start of the, at the end of the show
0: yeah so um got invited to the the, the post show scrum which was great fun Um meant to be half four in the morning until 6am obviously the show ran late so the scrum ran late uh, <laughs> but uh, first up was Shida. need to put her over because she um, done absolutely everything in English. She had a translator there, but man, you can tell the effort she went to to keep the media happy to improve on her English language. Came across really well. I didn't get a question with her, which I was a wee bit annoyed with, but if I was going to get one question in across the full thing, it was that Moxley, Tony Khan. I'd have chosen Moxley anyway if I could have, and I got to ask Moxley. A lot of the questions I had written down went out the window immediately, but I had to ask about that fan running at him during his entrance. Thankfully, the guy that asked um, a question before, I can't remember, I think it might have even been Bill Aptor, I'm not sure, but somebody asked a question before me, and he'd spoken about having to walk up all these stairs in that heat, he was pissing out sweat, like just every <laughs> like just wearing the top, sweat everywhere, and I was like, well, since you mentioned it, that uh, entrance that you made, the guy that ran towards you and man the promo he cut on the guy was absolutely amazing i'm not going to say anything about what he said the listeners can just enjoy it and it's full sweary uncensored glory so you mentioned walking up all those stairs for that entrance another thing that happened on that entrance was the the fan running towards you i saw that you (laughs) turned back after that what were your thoughts on that? Have you got any message to, to fans that are gonna run at superstars during this time? It is never a good idea. I'm so
3: I'm glad they got that on camera. They said they cut away, but I was like, man, you should put that on camera because you should people should know what it happens when you try to do something like that. So Especially we're in a pandemic. I don't want your fucking gnarly ass getting near me. I don't even think he was trying to attack me. I think he was trying to just celebrate with me, like, yeah, rock and roll, manly uh, never a good idea. And shout out to Charlie, my man. He also spray painted my jacket tonight. Jack of all trades, Charlie. He's a guy who does just about everything backstage here at AEW. And he fucking speared that motherfucker. That was awesome. So, uh, I, it startled me for a second. I went, Whoa. <laughs> what can you do? It's live TV. Ah,
2: he wasn't best pleased, was he? He wasn't <laughs> best pleased. <laughs> uh, it
3: was brilliant.
2: It <laughs> was brilliant. I cut a pro on that guy, left, it. Um, so, yeah, not only have we got John Moxley on the show today, as from Gary, Gary also caught up with the demo god, a uh, one Mr. Chris Jericho ahead of All Out. We've taken all the All Out stuff out of the interview, um, but we'll go off with 10 minutes of, of gold, including uh, Gary not realizing that Chris Jericho was a journalist when he asked it then. So, you've got to hear that. So, Chris Jericho is on the marks, and we've got 10 minutes with uh, Jericho a bit later on in the show. Um, as usual, we'll be putting over burying stuff from the shows. It's, one of, again, one of those weird weeks where we're kind of going back to the past, to do the future kind of things. Um, so we'll have that later on. We've got a special guest on Burying Put Over as well. Um, talk sports, talk wrestling host Alex McCarthy is going to be joining us because um, we've got to plug Gary's new podcast as well. He's cheating on us uh, behind our back. Um, so he's kind of like Kevin Nash and um, Razor Ramon on us and uh, jumped chips. But we'll be plug that and speak to Alex. He's going to do SmackDown for us this week. Once again, we are on that Wrestling Daft Raft heading to Fantasy Booking Island. We're going to find out who won the triple threat last week when we were asked to book actors as wrestlers. We've got the results for that coming up. And there's going to be a rule change on Fantasy Booking Island. We'll find out what that is. A bit later on in the show. Alex is looking a bit worried. Um, And of course,
1: Alex is never worried. He knows what his competition's like.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll
0: fight the
1: later
3: on, Alex.
2: Uh,
1: Because I can tell from John's demeanour that John might have
0: won this because he he runs the
1: Twitter He Alex's a little smug guy.
0: I can see a little bit of confidence in there. (laughs) Could possibly say. And we're going to be
2: heading to the land that's made up of 6,852 islands. That's right, Japan as you once again turn Japanese with bag, Alex. But first, let's cut a promo.
3: I have a lot of things I want to get off my chest.
2: Right, give me the mic. It's time to cut another promo. Right, do you know what? I've not done anything on on wrestling for a little while now, and it's going to continue that way because something's really pissing (laughs) me this week, right? I walked in to, to get a bagel, as you do, you know, but then I looked down the menu, right? Since when the people start calling avocado avo, right? so the, the, the menu was smashed avo and eggs. I was like, what the fuck is an avo? So now it's been shot to avocado. This has fallen on from the trend from coleslaw, where everyone started calling it
0: slaw. Is I feel movie? like uh, we're now moving into this being called uh, Waitrose Daft.
1: <laughs> well, John hates hipsters. Well, John can't embrace the, tw- the 2020, basically. That's what it is. He's still living in 2010 before abbreviations
0: are cool.
2: Please don't tell me that you refer to an avocado as an apple.
0: No, I call I... it an avocado. I don't. I, I never eat them, so I don't ever refer to them in any way anyway.
1: <laughs> I, I refer to them, say if I'm texting someone about an avocado, I will say avo, but I will abbreviate anything in text form anyway. Right. Does that count? Okay. Oh, no, John's
0: cutting a promo on Alex this week. That's where oh, we've just wait. led to.
2: <laughs> People are just lazy, Alex. People are just lazy. Like, cut it's the... text.
0: It's shorthand form. We've been developing
1: it since the dawn of the mobile phone. It's a beautiful, beautiful way that saves us all hundreds of time. John,
2: and... what are
0: your thoughts on GWAC? Short for guacamole. Oh. <laughs> right, this is right. people are just getting lazy. They can't be asked writing stuff. They can't be
2: asked even saying stuff now. It's slaw. We've cut the coal off the slaw. We've cut the the caddo off the apple. You know. Now I, I saw someone the other, refer, the other day refer to Manchester as Manny. What the fuck is Manny? People, That's too far. Things
1: like cities do need to be uh, enunciated okay, hold I agree on. with you So
2: you're are you suggesting to me that it's okay to shorten the name of foods, Alex? Inst- but you cities are off the limits.
1: Okay, now I'm, I feel as so, though I'm just opening you up to a new poor path, But yes, I believe certain things you right, should okay. say in full, like names. the mind you, I shorten names as well. i
2: oh, yeah, exactly. Digging a well here. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. So I'm way off to get my beef and my che, and <laughs> put some Tom. K over the top of it. Fuck off with your shorty. It's the- Tommy
1: see me? I think you'll <laughs> find when you're talking <laughs> about
2: the case. Uh, uh, just say the full fucking thing. It's coleslaw and it's an avocado. Okay? Let's move on. So every week we take a look back at the big wrestling shows separating the good from the bad. On uh, our buddies and putovers. Uh, normally we have a guest mark on, and we thought we'd invite one of Gary's new friends on, one of his new <laughs> wrestling friends. He's cheating on us. He's with another podcast, um, and he's cheating with Alex McCarthy from Talk Sport. You might have heard him on uh, Talking Wrestling on their Mondays. Sixty, Alex, is that right?
4: It is, it is. It's not not this week, but that's because Talksport love to change us all the time, so don't worry
2: about it. (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah. Listen, thanks for coming on, mate. I really appreciate it. Um, Tell us about this new podcast that you guys have set up.
4: What, this uh, sordid affair that I'm having with Gary. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's um, outnumbered by the yes. journalists
1: this week, so he's not, not going to make any
4: journalism jokes because he's outnumbered. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's basically just something we put together. I thought it was quite a unique perspective to have a lot of the, what I would call leading voices in the UK for resting journalism, get together and give their takes. And of course, all of us, Are really good at covering different stuff. So Stephanie Chase, for instance, is a great voice for New Japan. Um, Gary's really locked into Impact. uh, And then obviously you've got the box standard guy like me who loves WWE and and AEW. So um, there's lots of different kind of tastes and takes. uh, And I think that, yeah, it just makes interesting. A bit of a, somebody actually tweeted the other day and said it was like Sunday supplement. Just like a round table of wrestling. (laughs) So um, I actually quite like that. I thought, yeah, all right, I'll
2: do it. Oh yeah! At least you guys know what you're talking about, as opposed to us, marks who have no fucking idea and just make shit up <laughs> as we go along. Um, but yeah, why where can we get it? What's the name of it? Alex will plug it at the end as well, obviously.
4: So it's just on YouTube at the moment, called Wrestling First. Um, but we are going to be distributing it to, uh, to you know the usual podcast suppliers in the near future. Uh, it was just a bit of a pilot, but it seems to have gone well. So uh, yeah, we're back at it this week.
2: Great, right, look forward to hearing the next episode. And thank you very coming on, coming on. Taking the SmackDown bullet, though, we have discussed in the last couple of weeks. Oh, it's no longer
0: a bullet. It's, it's definitely no longer, no longer a it? bullet. SmackDown is the A show for me right now, I think. I know. Um, but I, know. I think that the one thing we need to say is it's great having Alex on because it means that for a change, John is the first person to see Alex McCarthy of Talksport on the podcast, whereas I see it every week or every second week, it seems like. Exactly so true. it's <laughs> nice that John has to break that, uh, that little bit, uh, first of all. Yeah, th- thanks for all the news you provided, Alex.
2: <laughs> um, right, uh, let's kick off then with Big Alex, uh, who is going to do AEW. It's one of those weird weeks where we've already talked about oil, but we're going back in time to, on the, the run up to the main event. What's happened?
1: Well, we had a bit of a mega home show, so my negative streak is going to continue. Oh. We had the return of the elusive Excalibur with absolutely no explanation, and Wardlow decided to wrestle a door. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, I'm, I'm fortunately enough this week I've picked some really serious putovers because we've got the journalists on. Uh, so my first putover because we love our clothes on here. Is Kenny Omega's peak shorts? <laughs> no, I'm not. Yeah. that is actually a joke. Don't worry, I'm, that's that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I did like his peach shorts and the fact that he called the revival a bunch of uh, what was it, Hillbillies, and you've got Adam Page with his full makeup. But the first thing I'm gonna put over, because I have been cheering on the AEW women's roster for ages, is Serena Deep, who looked terrific. I had no idea who Serena Deep was, and her and Thunder Roses match was the best and that was the match of the night by far. And my second put over is directly linked to that, which is Thunder Roses theme music like how good is thunder roses theme music it's like simple tura, but for me yeah they're brazilian that's a terrible reference considering she's <coughs> next and i mean i'm just gonna have to keep shitting on them so first of all for the berries what, why do you have a mini battle royale to hype your battle royale It seems like you're kind of giving away the entire premise of what you're building to on the Saturday and just throwing it away from TV the day before. At least do it in kind of little segments or something? It just seems a bit silly to me. And the other glaring obvious, Barry, has to be the poor three count that wasn't during The Best Friends versus Santana and Ortiz, that was blatantly caught on camera, There was blatantly just a little moment when the interference didn't come quick enough, and the three count was cold, and the ref just kind of stopped just before he came down for four, and nobody mentioned.
2: Yep,
0: so. I noticed that as well, and I was like, oh, that is yet another little refereeing niche, we'll say, that's uh, happened in AEW. It's the one thing that I'm like, oh, always takes me out of it when you see a, a four count, but, ah, well. And it was it was Bryce
1: it. Ginsburg, I'm sure, as well. Was yeah, it, not, it was.
0: Wasn't nah. It? Nah. <laughs> yeah, because
1: Bryce had like, oh, uh, like... I used to get confused between Rick Knox and Bryce Ginsburg and think they were both as bad as each other, but it turns <laughs> out it is mainly just Bryce Ginsburg. I hate to say it.
4: And then didn't he get the main event slot all out as
1: well? Yeah, that Bryce Ginsburg? <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. So your most trusted one. And then the worst thing is, like, after of course they completely ignored Aubrey during the when she had her spot earlier on in the night. They didn't have a good weekend with referee, good week with referees in general, actually.
2: Are you going to leave us on a positive, Alex?
1: Well, I'm just going to again put over how good Thunder Rosa versus Serena Deep was because that was the match of the night for me, really. And feel as though I've not really flushed this week's out as much as I normally do. So there you go, John.
0: That Short was one on the, the, the pre-All Out post, uh, pre-All Out post, I was going to say the All Out pre-media conference call. Tony Khan just kept ranting and raving about how um, he put the women in that. He kept saying sem- semi-final spot, you know, the second hour and like just before the main event and how they both delivered and said that he'd love to see more Serena Deeb, which I think a lot of people would in AEW, so that was one that he definitely took stock of on the the, um, pre-All Out uh, conference call, so. Yeah.
1: So is there any news from the journalists regarding the future of, say, Thunder Rosa and the rest of the NWA wrestlers? Because it seems a bit strange that she was drafted in. I mean, I'm not complaining in any way,
4: but. I I think it was interesting that um, they gave Thunder Rosa, like, so much, because, Think about this in the WWE landscape, right? At all out, and the NWA champion was obviously pinned clean at the end of it. So I guess for that to happen, there was always going to be her showcased in a very positive and uh, you know efficient way. And Thunder Rosa, like you just said, on TV and on pay per view, she looked great. I thought she did a fantastic job. Um, And Tony Khan, as as, uh, Gary just alluded to, he was not only talking about the semi final spot there, he was just waxing lyrical about Thunder Rosa in general. So I think um, the relationships there moving forward. I uh, he he didn't commit to anything, but I think it's very clear that he likes uh, Billy Corgan, who he met through uh, Chris Nawinski, and he was going very much into detail about all of this, just to you know very elaborately say how much he likes Thunder Rosa and stuff. So I think um, she's on their radar, and, stuff. and to be honest, she deserves a bigger platform than NWA, with all, all due respect. Yeah, yeah, and long- you
1: know I noticed Billy. Uh, it was quotes from like Billy Corgan did a bit of a voiceover in the pre-match package as well. So there's obviously a bit of a developing relationship yes. there. Which probably makes a little bit, quite a lot of sense for them just now anyway.
2: Yeah, there was big rumours mm. that Aldis was going to be the surprise guest in the Battle Royale as well. And we were very much looking forward to that
0: and then Matt Seidel.
2: Oh, we
1: didn't mention Matt Seidel. No, incident. we didn't mention
2: that. We, didn't start.
1: Mention we, we, we politely
0: glossed over it for... Uh... <laughs> okay, okay, I'll take it back with Matt
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Right, let's move on to NXT. It was the big Fatal 4-Way Iron Man match. Um, start over, put over. Um, I think Casey Canzaro, American Ninja, could potentially be the female equivalent of Rey Mysterio. Now bear with me on this one. She's a bit green at the start, but I think she's got real potential. See her in-ring work, just the progression of it over the last kind of couple of months when I've seen her. She's really coming on. And she had a really good match with Candice LeRae. I have to add, that new finisher for hers looks absolutely brutal.
0: Yep. Love it. Love it. So I think can, K- K- Casey yeah. arrow as well. I think my favourite thing, you know, apart from the fact that she has gotten a lot better in the ring and, and looks like a legitimate star now, I love all the things that we see here before the match, like the climbing up the ring yeah. post and all that. Like That, for me, is just the little things that, like, for younger viewers, I think we just draw them into somebody and I think that is what when you put that in a big platform you get just people loving that person and I think,
4: her. I think Gary, you'll back me too lot. I've I've tweeted a fair few times. I'm quite a big fan of hers, Casey yeah. Canzara. Like I feel like she's just got that unique upside that you can't yeah. say there's anyone there's no like mould like her in WWE at the moment. Like you just said there's a real niche for her there to to explore. They just yeah, she just needs to
0: develop and grow, I guess.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um I'm going to have to but I don't want to but I'm gonna to have to bury the main event. I think you, need,
0: you, you should actually put everyone over last week on the podcast because we all say that it's ending in a draw. <laughs> I know. Everybody <laughs> say that it's ending in a draw. I think most days get the names wrong as to who was going to tie, but yeah. at least everybody predicted it.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I for for one, I I think your expectations were so high with the four guys that you had in there. The 60 minutes, I, just, I don't know, it just didn't connect for me. I, didn't I it didn't need to be 60 minutes. Like,
1: oh. I mean, I get they were trying to put everyone over like, as the big faces of NXT, but that they could have done that in 30 minutes. Like, yeah. And what was the first fall was maybe, what, 40 minutes in?
0: Uh, the pacing at the start was really off for me. Yeah. Um, I, I was watching both NXT and Impact at the same time because they're both on a Tuesday, and as we've established, I'm an Impact mark. Um, so it was just, I was watching both. And I was being drawn more to Impact because it was just very slow. Um, yeah. And obviously, Impact actually had a new champion crowned at the end as opposed to the <laughs> the match that we thought would get a new champion crowned. So. Sorry, John.
1: Gary has, has hijacked this week's NXT because they've hijacked his Tuesday.
2: So, yeah, I'm way up the body. I mean, it, it was good and really, really good when it was when it was really, really good. It was really, really good when it was kind of turd. like you say, the pacing was a bit out on it. So, yeah, I'm with the have to bury that. I can't believe it. Um, and when he put over, uh, finally, uh, the dive off the forklift in uh, the street fight, I thought it was great. And actually, as a whole match of the night, I thought the street fight was really good fun. You um, love
0: Breeze Angle, John. You're oh, I Angle, know like. Breeze Angle getting put over. But the fact that, I just love it. You, where did the forklift come from? Like, exactly. Uh, <laughs> like,
2: kind of, that's my yeah.
4: question.
2: <laughs> it wasn't the usual street fight, go uh, below the ring. There was like a set, a ladder set there. There was a forklift in the middle of the arena. You know, just all... You just, know what just, they
1: should have done? They should have had Breeze Angle come out this week as construction workers and drive the forklift down <laughs> to the ring beforehand. Like they have the perfect tag team to do it, it would have worked and no one would
2: have questioned it. Absolutely. <laughs> you, you should be on that creative team. So that was my match of the night. Let's move on to SmackDown, which you know, we say it is normally this the SmackDown bullet, but it seems to be the best show there is at the moment. Alex, what did you make of it?
4: Um, I'd be hard pressed to bury anything from this this last Friday. I quite liked um I quite liked everything that I saw. I thought Roman looked um extremely badass at the beginning of the show. Like finally doing all the tendencies that we've kind of prayed for for many years now. Uh, and I quite like the, the Heyman dynamic. Like, I, I like it that it's not just straight up the same as Brock Lesnar, like advocate thing. It's kind of being played on that Roman is the one who's really pulling the strings and um, being cerebral for pull a one out of Triple H's book. So um, I think, I think I like that. It, it feels fresh and uh, I've been pining for Roman to not just be a straight up terrible cookie-cutter face for so many years now. So, uh, I, I, to be honest, any kind of heel turn, probably I would be going, it's so good! But, like, putting him with Heyman, I, I think it's great. Um, the, the Sasha and Bailey split, like, I'm going to bury it a little bit because I just felt like there was loads of breaks in it that kind of took me out of it. Like, do you know what I mean? The, the pacing of it, um, it was also a terrible spot with the stairs. But, um, other than that, I felt like it was quite well done. Um, Sasha being written off and it's kind of one of them where it had to really happen now like how long could they really drag it out for and how long are they going to drag it out for from here so I don't don't know like it leaves uh, I don't mind questions and things are kind of well done I'm glad Big E wasn't in the main event to take the loss um am I glad that Seamus beat him up
0: in his like snatch get up not really um, and that they wasted a full cake as well in the, in the full segment there. They had them drop a cake, and it's like, Oh, what? Well, yeah!
4: imagine bringing <laughs> that one just to, just to drop it. Come on, <laughs> um, another,
1: he was burying someone's peaky blinders gimmick the other week. So, John, so I mean, what do you yeah. think of the snatch gimmick for Sheamus
2: I mean, are they just going through like, well, I mean, they were a bit behind the peaky blinders, they'd done it five years ago. They might have been Ridge Holland, might have been in there, but snatch was what. 1990 was it 90s i think it was even i think in- it was 99 i think you're forgetting <laughs> we
0: had a uh, we had the full happy gilmore reference a few months ago with the uh, the golf thing between the street profits and the viking raiders so maybe it's just uh, maybe vince has gone through his old dvd collection <laughs> and we're <laughs> getting the, the, the old references coming out or maybe Mauro Ronaldo has transitioned to the the great <laughs> to <thing. laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so no buddies
4: at all um and just I don't think so. I think it was the best SmackDown I've seen since the Invasion one. I would say, um, you know, where NXT came up before Survivor Series last year. So, like, as as an overall show, I thought everything kind of moved it along and it was pretty entertaining. Um, I I, I can't even really bury Jay Uso as as a as a contender because I actually quite like the story laden yeah. challenges rather than just like if they'd given me Corbin or Sheamus, I'd have been like, oh. But at least this one is. Got a kind of direction and a, a sentiment and a story behind it, so I can't. I think I can't it plants, I don't need to
1: complain. Surely it plants a, a heel to turn the Usos with Roman, considering they were really good right. heels with with the Usos um, with their day one-ish kind the of bloodline. I, I,
2: right.
4: I, the the Usos heel turn, like what was it, 2016, is one of the freshest heel turns I've, I've ever seen. Like that revitalised them to no ends. I'd, I'd love to see that them together bloodline.
0: That yeah. was the yeah, one exactly. thing. Now me, they're all. There. I was going to say the one thing for me was the Sasha Bailey turn. I think the, the way they done the initial bit wasn't quite as impactful as it could have been. Like, maybe, and I know this is really cliche, but like maybe giving her a hug and then hitting the Bailey to belly would have been probably really on the nose, but it would have been the impactful way to do it for me rather than just the way they done it going out of the ring. The Bailey to
4: belly sucks now. Doesn't yeah. finish anyone. Uh, it's not a it's finish. Just or so move. <laughs> uh, no, I know what you mean, though. Like, it was just like, a, it wasn't like a. Um, Kevin Owens' Jericho head through the no. TV set moment. <laughs> it was just a standard, What well, she's just punched her, basically, like when they were on the way out of the ring. Like, oh, all right. Um, yeah, I know what you mean. There could have been more of a, like, m- indeligible moment. Indelib- indeligible? Indelible. Sorry.
2: I think um, with the Reigns-Uso thing as well, I think that'll really firm... I think Reigns will absolutely batter Batter them, and I'll just put them totally over as heel. I mean, taking out your own family member. I reckon that's why they've
4: done it. So I'll be good That'll be Good match of night, Alex. Uh, hmm. I mean, the the ta- the four way was pretty entertaining, I guess. But I think because there wasn't actually that much match time, was there? There was that. There was the tag title rematch, um, which probably wasn't as good as it was at the pay per view. So I don't know. So I'd say I, I'm. I'm just thinking now what the actual matches were because. Sammy was out there, right, doing his thing with which is also not great. And then you've got heavy machinery and um, Miz and Morrison. So I don't know. All things considered, probably the four-way, but I don't think I don't think it was a stellar night for action. It was more kind of moving stories along.
2: Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's the good thing though. It, it just seemed that WWE are establishing stories, and you want to watch the next episode because they are establishing these kind of storylines in it now so the, the, which i think it's been missing for a wee while now to be honest with
4: you oh yeah it's a, a long time
1: to raw. it's if, they, if pritchard has enough time to transition that to
4: raw <laughs> yeah but that's the thing like it's episodic tv and how long has it been since oh, i hate to be this guy but like in the attitude Era, a like, or like when i first loved it it felt like every episode ended on like a cliffhanger nearly every single one so um it, it feels like they lost that magic the past few years but mm. smackdown was like a refresh Raw yesterday, like, had some cool stuff, but overall very missable. Well, let's move on to that now with uh, Gary's... Preempting Gary's potential buries then, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm starting where I put over, and it goes to what was just said there about storyline progression. I've been pretty critical about the, while I love the Hurt Business stuff, and I have loved it for the past, you know, however long it's been going for, big fan of what is doing nowadays, but it seemed like it was stagnating a bit whereas last night we got like about a month's worth of storytelling in the space of <laughs> like five minutes with Cedric Alexander so just putting over the fact that they're using Cedric Alexander in, in a good way and I think they've done it all the right way as well the beat down before the match and then having them kind of we all knew the turn was coming for how they've done it like after that but it just was done the right way. Had them wearing the purple tights, and then he came out later on with them wearing black and gold tights. Got the T-shirt, got the full thing, and it looks like we're at least getting a little bit of a difference there uh, and a bit of storyline progression. So definitely, definitely putting over Cedric Alexander, um, just the way they're using him. You know, how I liked
4: not, as well in that, sorry, I liked yeah. how Shelton Benjamin said to him backstage, like, this better not be like a double cross, because so yeah, often... Yeah so often like baby faces and
0: heels are like just stupid in WWE. So I actually, it was a small detail, but I liked it. And there was another little bit there as well. That was something I put over a few weeks ago as well. I can't remember when it was, but the the seeds being planted with MVP saying to uh, Cedric Alexander, how can you be in a tag team with someone who calls himself the one and only? Mm. I was like, Oh, I love I that. absolutely love that. Yeah. And they, they called back to that last night. I was like, Oh, I love that. Um, and saying that, the only, se- I've got two biddies, but the only serious biddy I've, I have is the tag team division. Um, how many times have we seen Street Profits versus Garza and Andrade? Mm. Too many, that's, that's how many. It's, it's becoming the Baron corbin Dolph Ziggler uh, feud again, where we're just seeing the same match every week because they don't have other tag teams. Um, Baron Corbin-any <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, and, and they, they've been hinted at this split for so long and that's it's the opposite of storyline progression. Um, so that for me, it kind of leads into as well, you know, the brand-to-brand Invitational. I thought we'd forgotten all about that. Sadly not. We're getting a survival Series match next week and um, a champion-v-champion champion match. But maybe they'll lead to them unifying the titles since the tag team division could maybe do with that. SmackDown has not got many challengers for the tag team titles, so maybe that's where we'll go. Um Another wee half berry there is the street profits using all those cups on their entrance because it's not environmentally environmentally friendly. <laughs> um, maybe they should maybe they should reuse them. Hopefully they are. Um, but aye, my, my other berry is again it's a kind of minor one. That's me being really pernickety. We've been going so long with us, you know, a we being obsessed with stories surrounding eyes. Alistair Black being the latest one. They had the, the black bandana. I had the black drips for his eye last week. And I was like, please tell me we're going to get a black contact lens. And some kind of – it, it seems like he's got this thing where, you know, the eye seems to either give him some kind of powers or make him be in some kind of pain where he unleashes that pain on everyone else. Something was there. Something was intriguing about it. And then they had him in Raw Underground last night, and he just casually whipped off the bandana. I still don't know if it was wearing a Black contact or not because they never properly zoomed in on it. The screenshot that I took that was, like, the closest you could get, I still couldn't tell. Um, So for me, I just wish they'd done something a bit more with that. I don't mind if we just go into Alistair Black being, you know, dominant again because he's only lost one singles match, I believe, since since well unless you count the aj Styles one and the the gauntlet handicap match type thing that they've done um, but for me they just didn't make enough of that and um, wee bit annoyed that they didn't make a lot of that considering it's been a prevalent story over the past few months i think now so yeah um and oh i forgot one of my berries quick other berry quick bonus berry retribution be- having branding they Should uh-huh. they have branding just, uh, uh, just as they work it's, I keep likening it to that family guy thing where it's like Oh who was it that attacked? No oh, I don't know And then it's like Cobra Because they've got the, the branding They shout their name <laughs> as they're attacking um, so, <laughs> so that But we'll ignore that We'll pretend that didn't happen That didn't it even what I just did um, the, the final their put missions, over you know, uh, their a mission, mission statement, statement as well that oh, oh, no oh. Jesus But the final put over Leads in a match of the night Dominic Mysterio Man it just impresses me. Every time he gets in the ring, he impresses me more and more. Or outside the ring, I should say, because that's where he done most of his good work last night. Um, absolutely incredible. Flying off the screens, doing that crossbody. The sunset flip sliding from the inside of the ring to the outside, putting Murphy through the table. And Murphy should be put over for, you know, everything he done in the match as well. Took a, a big beatdown with kendo sticks for the full Mysterio family. Um, you know, Dominic Mysterio has now had five matches in WWE. One of them has been a normal singles match, two tag team matches and two street, fright, uh, street fights. So now it looks like we're getting street fight specialist Dominic Mysterio. But I just thought he looked brilliant. Absolutely loved the new attire as well. Think he's coming into his own the more and more we see him. And that for me was match of the night. Really enjoyable. And I keep saying that the last impression is normally the lasting impression. For me, that just made me look back at Ron go, that was a really good show. Mm-hmm.
1: So what can, we can-, can we double the- put over the fact he's got rid of that hood? Because that would make no sense. He yeah, never used because his it had CD the it up before he did a ray move. Fair enough, but. And
2: <laughs> <no. laughs> um, what do you make, Gary? Of I, I mean, I, I've not seen Robert kind of seen the highlights uh, online. Peyton Royce and Billy Kay—they seem to have just rushed that on. I mean, it just seems like complete and utter waste.
0: You can see Alex shaking his head. I think he's conveying mm. my thoughts perfectly there as well. And, you know, I keep saying it. My most disappointing thing is that none of them get to keep the music because that was Billy Kay's music to start with. And it was one of the best theme tunes in WWE, but it's by CFO dollar sign, however you pronounce it. So maybe that's mm. why. But yeah, it seems like they don't really know where they're going with it. We saw the, the wee beautiful thing that happened last week on Raw Underground with Peyton Royce chucking Billy Kay into the ring to be annihilated and then it was all forgotten this week and they were good pals after the match hugging away. So, yeah. Gary, are you
1: suggesting that they don't have a long-term story for
0: that? <laughs> I would never. I You're would bald, never. <laughs> Bold.
2: Yeah, uh, it's very strange that they've just kind of rushed that on. Anyway, thanks very much for coming on, Alex. Uh, really appreciate it.
4: Just another plug for the podcast. Where can we see you? Where can we get you? Well, thanks for the invite. And uh, yeah, so you can get me at alexm underscore on Twitter. Uh, wrestling First is of course the podcast and you can also find them on Twitter at Wrestling First um, but you'll find me all over the shop uh, talksport.com forward slash wrestling and of course I've got my show Talk Wrestling which is on Talk Sport 2 so you'll get sick of me but I'm around <laughs> Nice uh, and remember you can get your buddy and putovers in for
2: Gra- Rab and Grado this week for the headline show remember you get them on at Wrestling Daft on Instagram Wrestling Daft Podcast and just Wrestling Daft on the Facebook Once again, it's time to return to the land that gave us Mario and Sonic the Hedgehog. It's turning Japanese. And uh, we started this off last week and I thought we'd continue it. But I give you a wrestling catchphrase and you've got to guess what it is, okay? You ready for this week? Here we go. no will wa shamasu ka. I'll do that again. Eru mono nonio wa
0: You just made the list.
2: No. Ah oh, damn it.
1: I'm gonna say the same thing I said last week because <laughs> that's the
2: bottom line. Because Stone Cold said so. No. no. Can you smell what the rock is cooking?
0: <laughs> <laughs> you okay.
2: And obviously he can't smell much because he just had the COVID. So. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I stole that joke but oh, <laughs> anyway, let's move on. It's time to turn Japanese and find out what's been going on in New Japan, Alex.
1: Let's let's move back a second though, because I keep hijacking this to talk about video games, right? So they're re-releasing Mario 64, so we all need to get excited about that right now. Back to wrestling. <laughs> we'll keep it <laughs> short and sweet this week because the G1 starts in a couple of weeks and they have been very tight-lipped about how they're actually doing it. They haven't released the sketch. Well, they've released the actual schedule, but they haven't released uh, the, the wrestlers who are competing. So we'll keep it short because next week we'll have a bit of a hijack and we'll go through the G1 in detail. So we'll be good. The only thing really of note this week was we had the return of the ring of Jay White, who is, I've been big up for the last few weeks. He's one of the best counter wrestlers in the game. Him and Flip had a great match on Friday night. If you haven't seen it, go and see it. I am slightly disappointed, though, that we probably won't get any American wrestlers in the G1, as they've come out and said that basically if anyone is to be in the G1, they would already need to be in Japan to meet the two-week Japanese quarantine rules. So anyone we'd have seen recently, I'm not sure when they taped Strong, actually. So, I mean, it's possible that they've taped that and then flown some of the talent over to Japan, but I'm I'm unsure of the situation. Uh, the other interesting bit that came out was a little bit of the booking plans for the G1 pre-COVID. Now they were essentially saying that this was going to be a really big showing for Will Osprey, and he was going to kind of really cement himself as a proper heavyweight talent during this event. Now, with travel restrictions, COVID, and the speaking out movement, I'm not sure if that will happen so much anymore. So, and I'm not sure how positively that would be received by a lot
0: of the international fan base if that did. happen. On Twitter, not very well, judging by Rev mm. Pro's recent announcements. Yeah. <laughs> how did that go? I
1: haven't actually seen that.
0: Not well. Huh? No, <laughs> well at all. I did not go there. Uh, a lot of backlash. They stuck him in on the poster like a day after. Um, I think we spoke about this on the main wrestling day oh, when we filled okay. in, but it was um, they put him on the poster like two days after, or they'd recorded the show two days after the promoter for Rev Pro had done a four-hour long podcast about the Speaking Out movement. So yeah. Mm. <laughs> Not good. A little bit harsh. So, what so we've got next week, hopefully
1: they'll have announced the competitors or else it's probably going to be another quiet week.
2: No problem. And until next week, Anna. Now, I'm pretty sure you're on our Patreon, but if you're not, why aren't you? Get involved. You get more content from this show. Uh, You'll get stuff from us. You can get the video version of this show. You get ad-free version of this show, as well as Rab and Gradle. You get early episode access to Wrestling Daft, the headline show. You get bonus content now and again. We put something up there. You get a full video version of this podcast. I've said that already, but it's worth saying twice. Uh, Plus, you get to vote on the list of Wrestling Daft and also joining... Up there now, you'll get to vote on fantasy booking island. So that's the way we're going. All the details very soon on that. And um, that's on tier one and tier two. An IC champion about seven seventy a month. You'll get everything. In tier one, get a video version where Adam great. You'll get all the bonus episodes that we've got up there already. They include. The Grado Story Part 1, Part 2, Rabble and Wrestling. Uh, we've done a couple of things. We've done an AEW report card. We've got a, more big plans coming this month as well. So lots of bonus episodes going up there, and you can join our Patreon pay-per-view parties. We just did one there the weekend for All Out. We all got horribly drunk, and, and most of us missed the main event because it was on at half past four in the morning. Um, so you'll get that all in Tier 2. And Tier 3 uh, is a World Heavyweight Champion, about 15 quid. Sign up for that. For three months, get a Wrestling Daft t shirt, chance to come on the show as a mark, or do the run in on the main show. So get involved right now. Patreon.com forward slash Wrestling Daft. That's patreon.com forward slash Wrestling Daft. We'd love to have you on our roster. It's the Wrestling News
0: with Gary Cassidy. Quiet week. <laughs> and that's the news and that is a, um,
2: let's start off with a story that I think is done the rounds this week It's is really hot at the moment is um, Vince pulling the pug on third
0: party platforms yeah so, so this is one that I think has been slightly taken out of context in a lot of ways but we'll explain what's happened first and then let people make their minds up so everybody knows that a lot of WWE talent use third party platforms. If you don't know what a third party platform is, it's essentially anything that sees them do something that's not part of WWE's programming. Um, so Twitch, YouTube, Cameo, Pro Wrestling Tees, um, any supplements that they advertise. I don't know if anybody gets the suggested posts on Facebook for supplements that are endorsed by Joe Anoa'i, Roman Reigns. Um, so yeah, a lot of different things fall under this umbrella, which is where the confusion seems to lie. Um, it Came out by several uh, several people. I think Dave Meltzer was one of the first to announce it. Um, you know, Sean Ross Sapp. Literally everybody who's anybody in the journalism world had this story out there in some shape or form. And it was that WWE were gonna, and we're paraphrasing here because again, it's been kinda put out in several different ways um, they were going to ban the performers um, who we all know independent contractors, not employees um, ban them from using third party platforms now there was no clarification on what a third party platform was at first which I think is where a lot of the confusion lay and that the blame I will say is on WWE because the clarity has to come for them um, but it got as far as don't know how clued up people are on American politics but it got as far as Andrew Yang um, who is I get the, the name right. Um, so he obviously had applied um, to be the, I think, Democratic nomination um, Yeah, he was, he was actually doing presidency. really well. He
1: was, he was yeah. there Asian, he was like, he's, he's half Asian, is he not? And he yeah. was, he did quite well, I believe.
0: I remember he was on Jericho's podcast, I think, as well. Um, but I, like, so, um, former, you know, almost presidential candidate was pretty far up there and um, potential future Labour secretary. So someone who would maybe have a lot to say in this type of thing in terms of a legal standpoint. Um, but he put out a pretty wordy thread about uh, about his thoughts on this, asking for WWE to clarify their position, said that even if he is not the person that gets that job, he will no doubt have the number of the person that gets that job and will be seeking for clarity on that and will be trying to change the way that um, things are run. So that will be interesting to see. However, over the past 24 hours, there's been a wee bit of Wee bit of clarity came out on this. Apparently there was a meeting last night. Dave Meltzer and Sean Rossat both put out that info. Um again, not a lot of info came from it, but the main thing was um kind of something that developed over the weekend anyway. WWE Superstars will still be able to use Twitch, YouTube, Cameo. It's believed out of those three. However, they can't use it based on their actual WWE name. So the character name can't be used, the performer can use their performer name. I actually got a statement for WWE over the weekend on this. Um, I'll not read out the full thing, cause it is pretty wordy, but I'll just read on the, the key parts, there was a lot of annoyance over one of the words used, which a lot of people I think just didn't really understand the use of the word. Um, much, like, uh, much like Disney and Warner Bros, WWE creates, promotes and invests in its intellectual property, i.e. the names of performers. They then list four performers, five performers, sorry. Um, and, it's, and this is where people get annoyed. It's the control and exploitation of these characters that allows WWE to drive revenue. People were saying, oh, they're exploiting, you know, their, their employees you know not employees for a start as we've already clarified independent contractors um but um but it's no saying that they're exploiting the employees it's saying they're exploiting the intellectual property they've created in order to make profit that is just business terminology that's the way things are and um, whether you agree or disagree with the fact that they're exploiting people or not the exploitation statement they used isn't it actually related to that so yeah they say that and the the kind of the layman's terms of this full statement, you know, because it is quite a lengthy statement, is that WWE, of course, are gonna try and protect their brand. You know, maybe somebody using Twitch or Cameo doesn't really do much, but somebody maybe promoting a product that hasn't been okayed by WWE could. Um, and this was something Tony can even, he was asked about this on the AEW call that I was on, um, and he said, you know, we are completely fine. They had that beautiful shot of the Twitch thing during all out. Absolutely loved it. But he was asked about that. And he said, we, of course, promote people going, using their Twitch, using their YouTube. But if it came to the fact that a performer going to Pepsi to try and get endorsed by Pepsi, we wouldn't be a fan of that, which is understandable because WWE couldn't be negotiating with Coca-Cola and somebody goes with Pepsi. That's where it all comes into play. So, yeah, a, a lot of controversy surrounding that. But what has came out is essentially that Twitch, cameo youtube will probably be okay um, there's a wee bit of speculation that WWE might actually go into business for themselves on cameo and use that as a way of them making money and you know the superstars get a cut of the the profits they take all the the bookings do everything that way and, and that's the way it works but yeah one last interesting note on that as far as i, I know a couple of PWT's um sites will be getting removed or um i'm not, I'm not going to say getting removed that leads me that that would lead people to believe that they're being forced to be removed Can I imply that but uh, a lot of pro wrestling tees stores that are of current WWE superstars will probably not exist over the next few weeks uh, so mm-hmm. if you want to get a, a t-shirt for one of your favorite WWE superstars <laughs> that's not a WWE shop t-shirt probably do it now um by interest in development anyway yeah. something that we'll keep an eye on I mean, if
2: you go to any employment lawyer, I mean, this is where WWE. I think I've done a backtrack. Cause I'm pretty sure if you went to an employment lawyer, right, you know, in this country, certainly, it's it's almost like the Bosman rule. And, you know, you can't stop an independent contractor making money elsewhere. You know, don't they'll
1: have it'll be part of their exclusivity deal. And yeah. I think a lot of it is to do with the amount of time these talents are spending on unmonitored international television broadcasting. Not underneath the WWE umbrella and some of the things that are coming out with it because you've got like Lana appearing on Rusev's stream all the time You've got AJ Styles a couple of stuff's come out about AJ Styles talking about how unhappy he was with Paul Heyman and things like that on these streams, so it's Content they don't control with their superstars will be the way they see it
0: One thing as well in theory everything that you've said is correct there John however the one thing that I'll say is contracts can essentially get around anything. Um, for me, the way that I would adapt it is, you know, I write for Sports Guida. I can write anywhere I want, I don't need to clear it with them. I've, you know, I've, I work on a contract with them, but the contract is very open in terms of terms. Um, however, I've applied to other places before and they've said to me, if you were to write for us, you are not allowed to write for here or here or here but you wouldn't be counted as an employee. You wouldn't get the benefits that an employee would get. So sadly, no, something that's exclusive to wrestling. Um, And yeah, it's just the, the, the moral of the story is just read a contract before you sign it. Make sure you negotiate whatever terms you want because... Employment law is employment law, but a lot of contracts can uh, get around it using wee loopholes here and there. So, it'll be yeah. interesting to see who gets what terms uh, going forward.
1: I've got a d- Speaking of employment law, it'll be interesting to see how much employment law has caught up to even realise things like streaming and, and that yeah. kind of jazz. I'd imagine yeah. it will be I a know. very grey area currently. Sorry, John, I think you've sounded like... You oh, know, no, there. no,
2: I was. just we could go into this. I've got a very detailed... Coming from the radio background, there was actually a case, like, quite... But it's boring. We'll just skip on to more... Next week's promo. (laughs) Let's not talk about employment law anymore. Anyway, so they're getting to still do cameo on Twitch. That's all cool. Um, Right. Uh, Big surprise for me. The authors of pain have been released this week. Oh, John,
0: you missed a flawless segue. Speaking of contracts, <laughs> ah! two people who no longer have one. <laughs> boo, John, boo, boo, oh, radio background, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, Go for it, Gary. Uh, this one came completely out of the blue. Um, I don't think, you know, if you look at it over the, the grand scheme of the run, I don't think it's a huge surprise, but it came out of the blue anyway. Um, Authors of Pain just released... Out of nowhere, uh, Akim and Rezar, um, both no longer under contract. One of them, I can't remember what one, was, I don't want to say severely injured, but was injured and on the shelf and projected to be on the shelf for a long time. I the interesting thing here, a lot of people have suspected that Lars Sullivan is still under contract because he's injured. I think one of Authors of Pain was actually still injured, I don't think they'd fully recovered. No clarity on that, so I can't tell you, but interesting to note. Um, Why does yeah. Lars Sullivan still have a job? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the, the interesting thing about this, Authors opinion Pain, you know, we know one of them was injured. They had a pretty snake bitten run on the, the, the main roster, you know, after Paul Ellering disappeared. They were paired with Drake Maverick. They were kind of in and out of different storylines, chucked with Seth Rollins, and one gets injured straight away. So yeah, they're gone. Um, Dave Meltzer, um, I've not said it for you, My favourite journalist Dave Meltzer. Um so yeah. You've had Alex
1: you've had Alex McCarthy on. You can't call them both your favourite journalists on the same show. Ah,
0: that is true, that is true. My second favourite journalist, Dave Meltzer. Um so he actually and I, I can do another wee plug here, which is good. Um he referred to them as being the modern day Road Warriors, um, you know, animal and hawk, who are a dominant force, uh, and then Things didn't they quite go as planned later on in their career. The Road Warriors, one of whom uh, is on Sportskeeda wrestling every Monday after Raw, talking about Raw. Uh, so uh, he, well, I think there's like, only one left, Gary. So <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. I should have maybe specified that, but yeah, trying to uh, flawlessly segue in there again didn't <laughs> work. Um, But I uh, so apparently the one they're only going to be paired back up with Seth Rollins after um, coming back which obviously didn't happen. And yeah, it was Rezar that injured his bicep, but they were apparently going to be teamed back up with Paul Ellering. Interesting, because, you know, the, the full... I don't think it was ever clarified, but the full speculation as to why Paul Ellering left... Um, I was going to say the Road Warriors... left authors of pain was because the rumour was that he didn't want to travel. Right now, WWE only travelling, so they could have easily brought him back if he's based in Florida. might have been worthwhile, but we'll wait and see. Again... Don't know if is they're his doctor? Doctor. Is his daughter not
1: also recently signed with WWE, and as such, he might. No, she's. A more
0: of a- she uh, she got released from WWE many I think many months ago, and she recently was yeah. on AEW dark. So that's, that's where it was, yeah. So that's where the interesting thing is. Where I'm going, would they go back? Would yeah. they maybe go to AEW, or if AOP go to AEW? <laughs> Might we see a reunion there? So that could be really interesting. A lot of uh, nice comments coming up uh, with this, where like, um, will we see the the ports of discomfort and the impact zone and stuff like that? <laughs> uh, I could see uh, impact uh, being a better fit for them, to be honest. Like, put them I in there with
1: like, Gallows and Anderson, they could become a, Gallows Anderson, the motor city machine guns. The authors of yep. pain and the North. That's that's a cracking base of a tag I, team I think
2: AEW could do a tag. The, all the, the there's no team like that. In and AEW, it's there's not a
0: big destructive. force. not a big size
2: team, uh, team. So I think for if I was Tony Khan sitting there, I I mean, they look the par. I mean, they look yeah. brutal and they look they're massive. If you had Paul Ellering back with them in AEW, you know, because they've obviously got. Jake the Snake there, they've got Tully,
0: you got oh, oh. I was going to say, against uh, Tully and FTR, that's something I would like to see, uh, yeah. Paul Ellington yeah. with AOP. The, the interesting thing though, one of them is a, a very, um, very experienced MMA fighter, so who knows, they'll even stay in wrestling. That's, I, I might, might venture back in it, or might do both, you never know, but. Is ben this maybe, the one that's
1: injured, the MMA fighter, or is it the other one?
0: Good question. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> no idea. Because
1: that, that would maybe change, how that goes uh,
0: you uh, uh, know, it must be bizarre
2: uh, because you would have seen Akeem a- 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 in Raw Underground if it had been him. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's true. Um,
2: uh, and uh, moving on to the next story, uh, talking about tag teams and injuries and all that sort of stuff. There we go,
0: there's a little wink for you. Ivar <laughs> it,
2: uh, in Raw last night.
0: Aye, this was one that was immediately obvious. And again, it's never good when this happens. We've been speaking about the Matt Hardy situation. While it wasn't the same, and I don't want to compare the two, the X being thrown up as the link here, Ivar ran, bounced off the ropes, done the suicide dive to that side. The ending, uh, the ending, the, the landing didn't look too bad at first, but the second he lands, it doesn't just throw up the X; is like properly hammered his fists together to throw up the X. And at the end of the match, you know they cut away they show, everything that happened in ring. The, the end of the match was botched a wee bit. They had um, ricochet. You know, I think it kicked out before the three count, personally, but I think they just wanted to get the match over and done with, you know, get everything done and let Ivar get whatever attention he needed. It doesn't seem to be as bad as previously thought, I don't think, because all WWE have said on it is a cervical injury. So, obviously, that can range for anything, um, because I believe that's more likely to affect lower back get into leg one of the legs, I'm not certain on that. Um, but when I watched back the landing, I went back to see it because they didn't show it again, obviously. And essentially, Ivar jumps it onto like, I think, four people. I think everybody's on the outside. Um, and it hits like a Lashley with like a kind of axe handle, but it looks like he only lands on one leg and you don't see anything after that. So I was like, oh, it must be ankle or knee. It seems like he's folded on the leg, but cervical injury. WWE has said that he was rushed to hospital, a term they've now used twice in the past weekend. They've not used local medical facility. So rushed to hospital and has suffered a cervical injury, but is expected to make a full recovery. I think that's an interesting term in itself because it doesn't put a timeline on it at all and expected to make a full recovery. I think almost hints that it's serious. But again, you don't really want to look into the wording too much. Yeah. You know, you'd always expect that any wrestler getting injured would make a full recovery. I know that we shouldn't look at it like that because any injury can be a career ender. But aye, it seems like it seems like a cervical injury of some sort, and will hopefully be back soon. But. I guess you just mentioned the only way authors pain. Yeah. It looks like Eric's going to be on Raw Underground for the next few weeks because he's <laughs> been making quite a good uh, <laughs> show. He's good on Raw now. Underground. At
1: least he's got that MMA background to save his career just now.
0: Uh, and there you go. That's another tag team gone for that uh, floundering tag team division that WWE I, have right now. So
3: hopefully
0: yeah, cool. that's... Think- so
2: I, I think you, what you said earlier on, reuniting, the, uh, unifying the, the tag team
0: titles is the only way to go at the moment, I, I, unless they bring up a few teams, put Breeze Angle back in. Or know, the interesting point is, would they would they just unify the own Smackdown ones and get rid of the Penny Belts, or would they actually, you know, have NXT as part of it? Because NXT's got a decent roster tag team-wise, and they've still got Grizzled Young Veterans to return to the actual NXT roster as well, so... I've got a, like. Honestly, um, I know Forgotten Sons was meant to be moved up to be part of that, and we all know what happened there. Um, but the, any of the tag teams that are on NXT could be a good addition to Raw Smackdown. Even, like, only uh, Lorcan Danny Burch would be brilliant on Raw Smackdown. So. Yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. So, no, I'll be interested to see. And,
2: like, fingers crossed that, you know, it doesn't, because, you know, a part that's been pushed, it's been two steps forward, one step back kind of thing for the, the Viking Raiders. So, Where you can get... Uh, back off his injury and they can get a push. Um, Gary, as ever, thank you very much for the
0: news. Thank you.
2: Ah, feel the sun in your face as we once again walk along the sandy beaches of Fantasy Booking Island. Uh, This week or last week, there was a slight change in the rules after it ended in a draw, so we went for a triple threat match between myself, Alex and Gary, and we were asked to book an actor in wrestling. So we put this to the vote. We all did our pitch last week, we put it to the vote. And in order, let's go through the results. In joint second, (laughs) it's Gary and Alex who took a 23.5% share of the vote, which means after my pitch for Arnie and Planet Hollywood, which I had to actually educate Alex this week, was actually... A f- actual thing, a restaurant, which Willis I know what it and is,
1: Arnie that put together. Justice for Demi Moore, who you left out of the booking.
2: I did leave out the booking, but anyway, I won booking Arnie and Stallone and Willis as a faction in WWE, 53% of the vote.
0: Woo-hoo. So if, if we count John's disqualification, me and Alex finished joint first is that it's the
1: sweet excellent yeah right. fair play well done we drew one it was it was great booking from both of us i
0: think the best way we can settle this is to have um next week's fantasy booking island written off and we play john at poker because he's clearly not get the poker face uh, <laughs> to get through that well well yeah. i think going
2: forward that's how we're going to do it the listeners will suggest the booking and we'll get them to vote who he thinks is the best because I seem to have a bit more luck doing it that way. <laughs> gonna... I wonder
0: where that decision came from. <laughs> yeah, I
2: mean, I, I, do we have an independent adjudicator yeah. here,
1: or would you like to educate the listeners who's counting the votes? <laughs>
2: I, listen, it's not, if you get onto the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash wrestlingdaft, that's where you'll get to see the vote, and it was all legit. I'll take a screenshot for you. Completely legit. So as uh, one of our uh, fans of the show, Ron Schell, says, this is my island now. <laughs> um, so <laughs> So uh let's go to this week's booking which was suggested by Willie on uh Twitter. Uh, he says since Brock is now a free agent, fantasy book him either AEW
0: New Japan or just any wrestling company. I guess that means that if you won you should be the person that gets to pick the order this week. Cause right. otherwise you don't really get it out yet.
2: Okay, that's fair enough. That's a good suggestion, Gary. I like that. I like that. So, um, I am going to go last, um, and I think because he's so full of himself and he wins all the time, we'll put <laughs> Alex first.
0: So, uh, three I'm minutes. I'm scared that me and Alex have got the same one. In all honesty.
2: <laughs> right, three minutes to well, put Scott Weiser in any promotion, Alex. Your time starts now.
1: Okay, so after his loss to Orange Cassidy, Jericho comes out and he starts ranting about going, even though he lost, the the fact that he makes more money than Orange Cassidy and it doesn't matter. But he's cut off. He's cut off by Eric Bischoff, who walks out and he says that Mr. Cassidy has hired him to be his legal representation. Here's a cease and desist order, Mr. Jericho. You must now leave Orange Cassidy alone. Jericho kicks off and he goes mad, starts beating on Bischoff, smashes bubbly over his head, fucking throws him off the top of the stage. So the next week, Jericho comes back out. He's just bought a boat because he's got so much money. He got a great deal because of COVID. It was 10%, so $26 million. (laughs) He's bought a boat for his cruise. But again, he's interrupted by Eric Bischoff. But Eric Bischoff is in a wheelchair, and he's got the full shebang on. He's in casts, he's in neck braces. And he says, Mr. Jericho, I am suing you for assault and battery for the grand total of $25 million. And as such, we've got like a couple of weeks' worth of silly legal disputes between the two of them. We can get what's his face MGS lawyer involved because he was great; I loved him. But the result is, uh, um, at full gear, we have Jericho versus Bischoff's choice, and if Jericho loses, he loses his boat. But if he wins, he gets <laughs> off from the charge. So we get to the main event. Here it is: um, Jericho comes out. He's looking smug as hell because he thinks he's got this. But out comes Bishop in his wheelchair. And he's an uh, outcome and then Brock Lesnar's UFC music hits and out he, out he walks. Jericho looks horrified. Bishop, big smile on his face, stands up, takes all the stuff off, it's obviously been a ruse, and he turns around and he takes up a briefcase and opens it up. And it's one million dollars which he presents to Brock Lesnar to pay him for the match to go and beat up Chris Jericho. So essentially Jericho gets the hell beaten out of him and gets so badly beaten up he gets reduced to commentary for the next six months and it's just turned face on the back of it. So, we come back to more legal debuffles between Jericho and Bischoff, and basically, because Jericho now has grounds for being cheated since Bischoff is actually lying about his injury, and so basically, we come back to the booking at, um, at Bash at the Beach, no, actually, on Jericho's cruise, the main event is Brock Lesnar versus Jake Hager, on a boat, for the boat, with the winner getting the boat. And basically, <laughs> Jake Hager can come out of this and look like the MMA badass he was always supposed to be. He'd go clean over Brock Lesnar, and then oh. the final scene is the face, is the face inner circle all celebrating, and there's a really emotional moment when Jake Hager hangs the anchor of the ship to Chris Jericho.
2: I thought you were going to have Jake Hager driving the boat at the end. That would have been a good partner shot. I thought we were going no, to Lesnar because because the the no wrestling a shark. <laughs> Well, that was, the idea actually
4: came
1: from um, was that they were talking about doing UFC at sea. Yeah. So yeah. I wanted to do something like that, but then I thought I'd break the rules because that's not a wrestling promotion. So I was like, right, we'll just have a match at sea.
2: I like the fact that. I like the boat. I like the boat angle. I've never seen that in wrestling. When the winner gets the boat, I like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: that's with, with the cruise ship. The cruise ship, because that's mm-hmm. where. Because it would make sense for Jericho to buy a boat because he does a cruise, and cruises aren't operating.
2: So this came up. I don't think many people will be going on a cruise in the next wee while. Um, not bad, I like that one. I like that one. Gary, you were screwing your face up there, so I'm thinking you've got something quite similar. No, I think I've got away with it, but I think, I'm, I think I'm
0: okay. I think I'm right. okay.
2: Okay then, mate. Your time starts
0: now. So, the FTW um, team that we've got in... I think everybody can see where I'm going with this anyway, in AEW. Taz and Brian Cage, there's been a wee bit of, you know, discomfort going back and forward there. We already had Taz throwing in the towel, but everything seems rosy now. It seems like he's leading this good faction going forward. Brian Cage is the FTW champion. Probably has a claim to say, you know, maybe I should be the AEW champion if Taz hadn't thrown in that towel. So he argues his case, gets a rematch. What happens? Bloodbath. And the same thing happens again. Taz throws in that towel. The next week on, uh, I was going to say the next night, but it's three nights later on Dynamite. Brian Cage says, I would have won that match. I should be AEW champion. Here is your stupid belt. I'm no longer FTW champion. It's a joke of a championship and you're no longer my manager. Body slams Taz, writes him off TV for a few weeks. Goes on a massive dominant streak, runs through absolutely everyone, ends up beating John Moxley, ends up the AEW champion. We've got Brian Cage, top of the division, and then a few weeks later, cuts a promo saying, I've beat everybody, beat everybody there is to beat. Taz comes out, holding the FCW championship, neck brace on, and says, You think you put me through agony? here comes the pain brock lesnar walks out he hands brock lesnar the ftw championship says this is the new ftw champion he is here to run AEW. he is the man to take the AEW championship off of you and we've got the full feud brock lesnar versus brian cage and they go forward have the full you know back and forward have that full um pay-per-view match Brock Lesnar wins the championship. We end up with Brock Lesnar holding both titles, unifies both titles, legitimises the FCW championship. And then, where I thought Alex was going is where I can go. Brock Lesnar comes out and issues an open challenge the next week on Dynamite. And who comes out to challenge him? Orange Cassidy. And that's <laughs> the end. That's as far as I got.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm in for Orange Cassidy. <laughs> I'm so into that. Um, yeah. No, good I like that as well um, right I'll just proceed minds by saying this is completely and utterly fantasy right because this had never happened but here's what I'm gonna go for it anyway so I'll start the time here we go in 2020 a wrestling company let one of the biggest stars contracts run out this man promptly escaped from picking up a massive wage to his ranch in Canada today he's still wanted by every wrestling company he survives as a wrestler of fortune if you have a problem and no one else can help and if you can afford him, maybe you can hire Brock Wesnar. Anyway, so Bre- Brock Lesnar is effectively the A-team of wrestling, okay? So every promotion across the world, whether it be ICW, whether it be Red Pro, whether it be Evolve... Evolve's not there anymore. But But, <laughs> but all the promotions. If they're having issues, the promoters having issues with, say, a faction or a wrestler running roughshod over the promoter. Brock Lesnar there is a gun-for-hire. So basically, all these promotions across the world would book kind of an angle effective to that for the money man Lesnar to come in and absolutely destroy whatever bad faction, whatever type uh, champion's been an arsehole. The promoter basically brings him in. So Dallas would bring in Lesnar for a hydro show, you know, <laughs> and he pops up in New Japan, battering uh, Evil for being a dick, or battering all the Bullet Club for being fannies. And Brock Lesnar is basically just the effective A-team of wrestling. So this all accumulates to AEW. We'll have, you know, Brody Lee in the Dark Order of assimilated AEW. A very kind of NWO style assimilation where they've basically just taken over. And they are running. The Dark Order is running AEW. And there's Tony Khan on the phone. He has a problem. He doesn't have anyone else to help him. And he can find them because he's got his mobile number. So he hires Brock Lesnar. Brock comes to the ring and he destroys the Dark Order. Destroys Brodie Lee. Takes the title off him. And do you know what? Brock doesn't, he doesn't play for titles. He just cares about the money. He just drops the title and goes into the sunset. And AEW is freed from the grasp of the Dark Order. Thanks to Brock Lesnar stroke A-Team Wrestling.
0: The only thing that could have made that better is if you'd have had the Ghostbusters steam chin, but with who you gonna call Brock Lesnar and <laughs>
2: <laughs> Or maybe maybe at the end of it he actually just drops the, the belt and says, I love it when a plan comes together for smoking a cigar. <laughs> that that is how it, oh, it. <laughs> There we go. That, John, was, that was that
1: was genius. That was, that was that was truly genius. I mean the only thing I would say is do you think Lesnar would work as a face?
0: Oh, yeah! Uh, people kind of like him anyway, I think it doesn't oh, need to be yeah. a face, people just like him. Like but he's just a he
1: just comes in and kicks ass and leaves, he doesn't take sides. Does, Brock Lesnar doesn't take
0: sides. He doesn't need
2: teams either, you know. Remember that time battered Cena at SummerSlam, it was a beautiful thing. Um, right, so yeah, there's, there we go, so we've got the three picks. We've got Alex, a uh, boat match, Brock Lesnar versus Christian. It, it's the match for the boat on a boat, that's the billing. Yeah. yeah. Okay, we've got Gary assimilating the FTW and AEW titles and basically Taz with Lesnar defeating Cage and then you've got Brock Lesnar as the A-team. Um, so that's the three choices you've got uh, for next week. Please get on our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash daft. You can vote on who you think is be favourite and next week we'll be looking for another uh, booking that we can take on. So look out for that on our Twitter, all the usual places. Um, until next time we're stuck here in Fantasy Island boys au revoir so more big guests on Wrestling Daft and it's our returning guest to Wrestling Daft we had him on episode number one The Champion with Rab and Gredo and now we have got a hold of him on the marks thanks to our good friend Gary Cassidy uh, Gary you cut off with the demo god himself Chris Jericho what
0: did the big man have to say Does he does he remember us fondly i didn't ask i thought you know i I don't want to embarrass the guy too much by making him mark out for the for wrestling daft so i was like i'll just leave that bit to the to the side and instead just make an arse myself by forgetting he was a journalist um so yeah um chris jericho always money i think i could have asked him to read the dictionary and people would have cared anyway um but i caught up with him just before all out we chatted about the big news that was going on the guy that we were booking on fantasy booking island Brock Lesnar. Free agent Brock Lesnar. Is he actually a free agent? Chris Jericho does not quite agree with that, but he had a lot to say on that. He had a lot to say on the Thunderdome and the, how the Thunderdome compares to AEW's Daily's Place, which hosts real fans sitting in seats, actually being there in person. Spoke a lot about that, a lot of controversial opinions. And then, of course, ah, put my foot in my mouth um, by saying that I think, you know, Chris Jericho, you've been everything, you know, wrestler, actor, podcaster, entrepreneur, has his own crews, done absolutely everything, but he's not been a journalist. Um, and asked him for some advice on what I should ask Tony Khan. Ended up not asking Tony Khan in any way, so I could have just not put my foot in my mouth. Um, but yeah, Jericho then tells me that he is indeed a journalist, and explains that he has a journalism degree, uh, and wrote for two newspapers in Winnipeg. Um, so yeah, great fun. If nothing else, even if you're not a Jericho fan, which I think more people are a Jericho fan than would want to hear me make a film of myself. There's something in it for everyone because I'm sure everybody will want to hear one or two of those things happen. It is a
2: beautiful <laughs> thing but it happens. I listen to it and I just actually piss myself when I was in it because Gary tries to wriggle out of it. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. of course you were. Did the, what you wrote oh, the Winnipeg, uh, whatever it was. Please listen to Gary squirm as the interview goes on. But anyway, here he is. Champ- is this Jericho saying
1: in my
0: book?
2: <laughs> Here's Le Champion on, on Wrestling Now.
0: Hey everyone, welcome to the most awkward part of any video interview where I need to give an introduction because it would be rude not to, but you can see exactly who I'm going to introduce and they need no introduction. So let's just get it out of the way really quickly. First ever AEW World Champion, front man of Fozzie, you can't see him anymore because he's in disguise, which is great. Host of talk is Jericho, the man who created his own champagne and maybe, maybe the greatest ever wrestler Definitely one of the greatest ever performers of all time.
3: It is Chris Jericho. How's it going, Chris? Ah, it's me. Surprise. <laughs> Did I fool you? Oh, yeah, it's good, man. Just uh, enjoying uh, these new school interviews where everybody wants to Zoom now. So you can't just do them on your phone from wherever you are, which is the way I used to do it. So now I actually have to be responsible and find uh, Wi-Fi and a, a nice area to do it in. So, uh, So here we go means
0: you can't just uh, do interviews while on the toilet or doing yeah. whatever you like.
3: Yeah, in bed. <laughs> you know, exactly.
0: Yeah. But, ah, well, that's the, the world we live in right now. So Demo God,
3: where did that come from? Did that just come straight out of the mind of Chris Jericho? Um, it's, you know, it's funny because we're not in competition, but, of course, you're in competition. And there was a, a few weeks that went by where where our competitor was beating us in Actual viewers, yeah. and yeah, of course you would, don't want that. But they never beat us in the demo. And to me, I wanted to show that to kind of the naysayers. They're like, "See, the AW experiment is over." It's like it's not over because if you if if one company draws a million viewers, and they only do two hundred thousand in this money making demo, and another company draws five hundred thousand viewers but draws four hundred thousand of those in that demo, we win but so it almost was like i wanted to as a heel i'm the one that can point that out and so i just thought okay well i'm going to start arguing about the demos i think it was the week that sasha banks's match beat mine she didn't beat mine because my demo crushed them my demo (laughs) still crushed keith lee's match with adam cole so i take great pride in that and so i started just saying you know demo this demo that and of course being an old, you know, Dungeons and Dragons and heavy metal fan, we all know what demigods are, yeah. uh, uh, and this was the demo gods. So it just kind of rolls off the tongue, and like any other catchphrase, you say it once, you see how it goes over. People respond, people write about it, and then you're off and running. Let's make a t-shirt and, and cement it, and sell millions of those t-shirts. <laughs>
0: Definitely, exactly. So that's um, yeah, we mentioned the AEWs. You know, maybe a year and a bit into live TV. I believe it was, and correct me if I'm wrong at any point here, but I believe it was January last year that you signed a contract for three years. We're now maybe a year and a half into that, I think, if that's Yeah, something like
3: that. Yeah, you're probably better with dates than I am, but I remember it was in January. So, yeah, a year and a half in, absolutely. Yep. Um, do you see yourself staying in AEW beyond that or wrestling beyond that? Or is it something you've not really thought of yet? Um, I've, I never put a, a time limit on a, anything that I do wrestling wise. I mean, I thought back in 2015, it was time to wrap it up. And then I got into the angle with Kevin Owens and things became fun again, which led to me going to Japan and which made it even more fun, which led me to come to AEW, which is the best time I've had in the business in, I don't know, 10 years, 15 years maybe. So uh, I, I, I will not go anywhere. Um, I have no intention of, of leaving AEW and I have no intention of not wrestling, but even if I don't wrestle ever again, I'll just commentate after that, which is yeah. something that I never really, really thought about until I had to do it when we had to film four, four weeks of TV in one day. And I just said, well, just put me on commentary. That way we don't have to worry about angles or because I hadn't really no storyline to talk about at the time. So let me just do uh, uh commentary. And suddenly that became a thing. So, yeah, there's no reason for me to, to, to go anywhere. I'm very happy in AEW. I'm very creatively stimulated here. And uh, I enjoy coming to work every time, every week, every month, whenever it may be. And uh, to me, that the fact that I'm having as much fun as I'm having and doing the work that I'm doing now uh, after almost 30 years in the business is a testament to the longevity that I have and also to the uh, great environment that AEW is providing for me.
0: Definitely, and, and you know, we mentioned there that the word free agent might have came up there at some point, as in you're not going anywhere. So I need to ask you about someone that this week has apparently become a free agent. Brock Lesnar, a lot of rumors that Brock Lesnar might go to AEW. Do
3: you have any thoughts on that at all? Well, the only reason why the rumors there is because somebody said free agent. I don't think he's really a free agent at all. I think it would take so much money to pry him away from Vince McMahon uh, on Brock's end. And then for Vince to approve that, I mean, Vince has $2 billion in the bank. What are you going to spend on Brock Lesnar that Vince isn't going to, isn't going to match. And Vince and Brock have a, have a strange love affair to begin with. So would, would Brock fit in at AEW? Would, would he pay back his salary, uh, that you would pay him to be an AW, who's to say, but I think UFC, AW, I think this is just another one of the of the dances that Vincent Brock like to have where Brock's contract expires, Vince lets it expire, and then they kind of stay away from each other for a few months until the next Saudi Arabia show or, you know, the next uh, show that has people in the crowd or WrestleMania, or whatever it may be. So um, I don't think Brock is really a free agent in, in, the, in that sense of the word. I just think he's not currently under contract right now. But the amount of money it would take to, 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 to tear him away from, from the world of WWE a, would be astronomical. B, Vince would never allow it to happen. And C, I don't know if you could make that investment back or if it would even be worth it for AW at this point in time or UFC or any other company other than WWE.
0: Yeah, definitely. that's. But you've got
3: to admire the negotiating tactics, I guess, <laughs> in some way. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. He's a very, very smart guy. And, uh, and 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 Vince is a very smart guy as well. So I, I think they appreciate the, the duel that they have with each other. Yeah, definitely. And we mentioned that a few times, fans
0: – a w had fans back in the last week you know real fans people actually sitting in seats 500 sounded like you know 50,000 because of how loud they were obviously wwe has brought in the thunderdome if you get any thoughts on the thunderdome and, and maybe kenny omega's
3: appearance in the thunderdome last week as we seen someone <laughs> holding up well, a photo of know, him. i think it looks great i think it's a great idea they desperately needed it and um you know, whenever you give wrestling fans a rope, they're going to, you know, hang themselves. So, you know, I don't think Kenny was really there no. or, you know, all these other people that they have. I mean, just go and have fun and enjoy the show. It's something out of, you know, Black Mirror or, or you know, The Running Man. It's, it's very strange. It does look great. But once again, you can't, you cannot uh, uh, replace a live crowd. I would much rather have 500 real fans, than a thousand TV screen fans. And I bet you the WWE would agree with that. But having said that, I think it looks great and uh, good for them. Yeah. And on that note, John Moxley
0: recently named at the very top of the PWI 500. You were up there as well. You were pretty close to the top. Do you agree with John Moxley being number one?
3: Well, I mean, I don't disagree with it. I mean, of course, I should be number one on every list ever published from now until the end of time. But if it's not going to be me, I think the guy who's, who's made the biggest. A transition from from WWE to to AEW and also taking AEW directly on his back uh, and once again he won the title about 2 weeks before a freaking pandemic shut everything down so he's done a great job um with 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 that situation that he was put in and i think um i would put him at number 1 like i said i mean there's a couple of the guys you could put in there but i think Mox has given his heart and soul to AEW and he's a completely different performer than he ever was under any other name in either the company and this is the guy that that I think he always envisioned he could be and that I envisioned he can be when I when I started you know recruiting him to come to AEW a year and a half ago and I've got one final question Chris Jericho you've done
0: absolutely everything you know musician wrestler entrepreneur, podcast host, absolutely everything, actor, throw in as many of those as you want. I don't think you've ever been a journalist though, so I want to turn the tables on you for something. This week, I'm going to be on a conference call with Tony Khan. If you were to let me in and tell me what I should ask
3: Tony Khan, what would you want someone to ask him? Well, first of all, I am a journalist. I I have a degree. Oh, yeah. in I have a degree in journalism, and I wrote for the Winnipeg Winnipeg Free Press and the Winnipeg I Sun. For years, the Winnipeg so. Free Press. <laughs> Listen, man, you're an interviewer, right? This what's the name of your show? What is the uh, show? Well, that's a sports Gita. this is for sports Gita wrestling. Okay, so you are you have to think of that I can't do your job for you. What I would ask Tony Khan. <laughs> is different from what you might want to ask him. So, and I interviewed Tony Khan and Talk as Jericho as well. So, yeah. um, you have to figure out what, what interests you the most about, about him and, uh, and, and listen to the conversation. Sometimes the questions that you might have get thrown away because what you're talking about is far more interesting. But you have to be good enough of a journalist to understand that. So don't be the guy that just has a list of questions and yeah. doesn't listen to the answer because you're too busy looking at question three. What did you have for breakfast today? And he's giving you the cure for cancer, but you're not paying attention and cut him off and go to the next question. That's bad journalism.
0: I was really, really hoping you were going to just tell me to ask him, can you give Chris Jericho a pair eyes? But that might be my question anyway. We'll wait and see give how Give Chris Jericho what? A pair eyes. <laughs> give him more money.
3: Oh, a pay raise. Yeah, pay Somebody raise. Somebody
0: said a pie rise. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> that as well. That could be a good match stipulation. We'll <laughs> wait and see <laughs> after the Mimosa Mayhem match anyway. There you go, man.
3: Thank you so much, Chris. It's been an absolute pleasure. Cheers, brother. Appreciate it, man. Thank you.
2: So that's it for this week's show. Please rate, review, subscribe on Apple, or get us... Where do you get your podcast. Thank you very much to Alex McCarthy, who was on later on. We've heard from John Moxley, we've had Chris Jericho. Where can we get your uh, cheating podcast?
0: Where can we find you, Gary Young? Oh, um, it's on Alex McCarthy's YouTube channel, but it's also on Wrestling First and the I and First is a 1 on Twitter. Oh, see um, what you've done with putting the 1 as an I. How cool are you? I, I think it's back to an at Gary Cassidy situation where somebody had already took Wrestling First and hadn't right. used it for I. So, <laughs> I mean, i
1: it's, it's, I'm not surprised that's, that's quite like is there'll be someone out there who'll just get all the wrestling something handles
0: aye in the space of the last however long Twitter's existed I'm pretty sure someone has had a similar idea <laughs> to, to yeah. have that Um. but aye it's on there but again same as everything if you follow me on Twitter at Wrestling Gary I retweet everything I do because like DDP I am a shameless self promoter so I will literally retweet everything I do so you'll just find it on there there you go uh, G- uh, Alex where can we get you on Twitter
1: a thirsty baboon, I occasionally comment on John's posts on the main Twitter page, only to shame John for his previous post.
2: Absolutely, why not? Um, remember, we go twice a week, Rab and Gregor will be back on Friday, though Grego has just sent me a message, uh, let's see what he says. He's filming Scott Squad, so here is Gregor's Ooh. message about... i have been there a wee bit, and we are we couldn't, be good, not we'll be your nephew
3: today, Rab. Aye. Give me a little bossy, man. Aye, we we'll have acting away, uh, is a podcast with your,
2: your Uncle Rob. So there we go. I didn't know what that message <laughs> would be. So you'll find out that on Friday that Rab Dero uh, has been acting with Rab's nephew on Scott Squad. So we'll get that story on Friday on the show. Uh, the list of wrestling daft we're doing icon versus icon off the back of the fact that there's been a few like fan posters for Reigns versus Rock at WrestleMania next uh, year. So we thought we'd do icon versus icon and go back to would you like us to talk about the greatest moments of Ric Flair or would you like to talk about the greatest moments of Hulk Hogan? Who do you think won that?
0: I'm not sure it could go either way. Yeah. Please, <laughs> tell, please, <laughs> listeners, before
1: you announce it, please tell me they picked Ric Flair because if they went for Terry, I'm, I'm just going to give up on life.
2: You know our listeners well. Uh, Rick Flair won with it Oh, thank God. Well done, guys. Well, yeah, well at done. Well done. my the balls for that decision. <laughs> yeah, any favourite Rick
0: Flair moments, gents, off the top of your head? Oh, it's obvious. it's has got to be obvious. No, not even that. The, the retirement. The perfect retirement. Um, for me, that, and I, I love the recent one with the Randy Orton segment. I think that definitely is up there for me. I know that recent stuff always, you know... But, uh, that, that one for me, but I think the, the Shawn Michaels kick um, in the retirement match was absolutely insane. That that for me is the best Ric Flair moment of all time. Actually, no, a lie, let me put myself over. The best Ric Flair moment of all time was me being photobombed by Ric Flair when I took a photo with Paige at the BT Sports Studios um, and getting to see him and Stephanie McMahon have a wee cuddle and uh, chat away while I was just stood marking out about everything. So I uh, let me be selfish on that one.
1: <laughs> Alex, you got one? Well, I'm glad you asked, because we've almost got through this entire podcast without using the three letters, the R-T-N-A. So, the Jay Lethal, the Ric Flair podcast. Uh, podcast uh, yeah, Jay, so. uh, the, the The promo off when Ric Flair ends up like elbow dropping his jacket and like getting all red and sweaty. It's, it's truly terrific. The word off. <laughs> no, nah. the woo off, and the fact that Jay Lethal does a better Ric Flair
2: than Ric Flair is just fantastic. Yeah, bro. Well, listen, you can talk. We we'll talk about that on Friday. Uh, retro review uh, is WrestleMania twenty, so get on to that um, and watch that before show this week so you can give us your review of that remember head to our patreon loads of stuff up there patreon.com forward slash wrestling bath check out the video version of this show get yourself a t-shirt as well shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash wrestling bath boys thank you very much as ever and until next time keep marking out audio
3: frontier